Palm Sunday, April 5th, 2020. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, we remember the triumphal entry into Jerusalem by Jesus. And we get to see the crowds cheering and welcoming him. And we see the crowds, the children, the adults, all waving palm branches. We know this story, but this year's readings are a little bit different. The readings for our scriptural meditation for today are found from the Gospel of John, from Philippians, and from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And we get to see the purpose as to why Jesus does indeed enter into Jerusalem and what Jesus' ultimate purpose on earth is. And the one thing that I want to draw your attention to are those words of our Old Testament. But before we get there, I'm going to read for you our scripture readings for this Palm Sunday. But we're going to do them a little out of order. We're going to start with the Gospel of John. John chapter 12, verses 20 to 42. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, and Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The Son of Man must be lifted up, starting with verse 27. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven came, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The crowds that stood there and heard it said that the voice had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. But Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowds answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ must remain forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? And so Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. And so that the word was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? 
Therefore they could not believe, for again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. This is the word of the Lord. Hear our epistle reading from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. And so finally, I'd like to draw your attention to our Old Testament reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 50. But as we, as we read through these words together, and I encourage you to open up your scriptures and read along with me, is that as you hear and read these words, think about them and understand them and listen to them as the words of Jesus Christ himself. Isaiah chapter 50 reads, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens me. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? This is the word of the Lord. And so this is an explicit description of the Lord's Christ, the one who enters into Jerusalem. And although now the crowds that we know in this Palm Sunday cry out with loud hosannas and praise and waving palms, in less than a week they'll be crying out, crucify him. The very same people who praised him are now cursing him in less than a week. But in our Old Testament reading of Isaiah, it doesn't just describe the Messiah, but it gives us descriptions of the Father Almighty as well. The Lord in heaven is described as my vindicator or justifier. He's described by the author or by the Messiah like that. The Son's vindicator is ours as well. We who are in him 
will also be vindicated. And this happens through repentance and acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is the Lord and by birth of spirit and the water and baptism, we are able to make that faithful confession. And this is the will of the Father, that all people are to be saved through the suffering servant who is our substitute. Have this mind among yourselves, our epistle reading reads, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but instead emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so for this reason, for this reason, we recount the events of Palm Sunday, bowing down and confessing Christ to be that very suffering servant, crying out, Hosanna, to the one who humbled himself, crying out Hosanna to the one who took upon punishment that he did not deserve from a people who did truly indeed deserve punishment. And then that suffering servant was condemned by those very same people, found him guilty, although he has done nothing wrong. We are those people. And so, as this Holy Week begins, Christ begins this week troubled. Our scripture reading says that Jesus said, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. Jesus says, For this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. For this purpose. For the purpose that you who are listening, that I who am speaking or any of us could not have fulfilled. For this purpose, that God might fulfill his word and stay faithful as only he can. For this purpose, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. For that purpose. Fruit. The fruit of Christ's death is forgiveness and reconciliation for you and for me. The fruit of Christ's death is vindication because he is the perfect sacrifice promised since Genesis. The fruit of Christ's death is life and resurrection. And we can't really truly know we can't really appreciate or understand or even actually celebrate or have Easter if there is no death. If there is no Good Friday, then there is no Easter. Our Monday Thursday readings this year, in a few days, will proclaim that there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. There is no resurrection without the suffering of the servant. And so for this purpose does Christ come. The fruit of Christ's death is the final nail in death's own coffin. And for that purpose did Christ come. 
And so we see that Israel, God's people, God's servant, they began strong. They desired to follow through. They had believed. And throughout the beginning stories in Genesis and throughout the Old Testament and even now into the time of Christ, they had believed. They tried to follow through, but slowly fell away to other idols, to other gods, to their own selfishness and even pride. They lost hope and faith in the Lord, yet the Lord does not abandon his word because he's faithful and just. Therefore, from out of them, from out of his servant Israel, he brings up the servant who will not fall away. The servant who begins strong and ends strong. The servant who sets his face like flint to be struck, who does not turn away from, but rather turns towards into that suffering. For the servant of God is determined even among the suffering. And so the servant suffers and cries out, Father, glorify your name. The servant always listens to God's word. Therefore, he has the power to sustain anyone who is weary with only one word. The suffering servant of God comes for that purpose. To sustain those who are weary with one word. We who are weary. We who are perishing. We who are fading, we who are clinging on to this servant and his word as he speaks that one word and that one word sustains us. And right now, I'm sure that some of you are truly feeling weary. It is a wearisome time in our lives. But our scriptures speak to us peace deeper than any other word or peace that this world could offer. The suffering servant of God sustains you with one word. And that one word is tetelestai. It's a Greek word. And this one Greek word translates to, it is finished. It is finished is one word in Greek. And for that purpose, does Jesus Christ, the only God of, the only Son of God, come? He comes to give his back to the one striking, his cheeks to the ones pulling out the beard. He comes not to hide his face from disgrace or spit. He comes to take every dirty, nasty and disgusting, foul and despicable evil and sin that has infested your lives and this world upon himself. He takes that all upon himself. He comes to be put to death in order to open up death as an entrance into the eternal perfect life that the Lord has established. Thanks be to God that the servant Jesus Christ suffers in our place. So let us now know and understand that whatever it is that we might experience in this life right now, Whatever tragedy or sickness that might come, whatever it is, whatever we experience, whether we recover or not, we do not suffer in vain, nor are we alone, but we face whatever evil might come, knowing that in Christ, the vindicated suffering servant, we too will be vindicated 
and have life abundantly with him. Amen.